trigger warning. This episode discusses miscarriage in depth and may not be suitable for some listeners. Hello and welcome back to What's Your Thought Podcast. Welcome, welcome. We, oh, so, <laughs> um, so this week is a little different just because we have two surprises. One really big surprise, one not as exciting. <laughs> but our first one is we are all together. Yes. All in the same state, in the same same room. Same so exciting. Room. And when we say all, we mean all of us because we also have Kirsten with us today. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Yay. So we love having Kirsten on the podcast. We're, I love being here. We're this is so great. Always so grateful when she <laughs> will come on to be with us. Yes, because as you know, she's in all of our conversations mm-hmm. anyways. So we're just <laughs> yep. glad she's here to talk to you guys for herself. Yes, because she's great. We love her. Thank you. Love you guys. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs> so we're really excited because we actually get to spend almost a whole day together mm-hmm. as Rachel is here for a special cake class. I know. I'm so excited. Shout out to Cake by Courtney. <laughs> yes. So we're excited to be able to spend some time because as you guys know, Rachel does not live here in Utah with Kirsten and I. I do so not. We love every minute that she gets to come out and spend some time with us and I'd say catch up, but we talk yeah. every day. But <laughs> there's no catching up. <laughs> we already know everything. Yes. Get to actually spend in-person time yes. together mm-hmm. rather than just FaceTime and Marco Polo mm-hmm. and texting time yes. together. An excuse I get to come out to Utah. I'm I'm here. I mean, we've tried to talk her into moving out here, but you know, it's like her husband has a job out in Iowa or something. <laughs> yeah, and so lame. dang job. So selective. It's very specific yeah he can't just go anywhere yeah. which is so hard i wish but i wish maybe one day one day maybe as utah girls they'll maybe build a factory here maybe <laughs> i hope so we can dream we can dream <clears throat> no but we'll take it while yeah. we can spend some time together so we thought hey while we're all together let's do let's an do episode a, yeah let's do an episode so we are recording this a while before Posting you're hearing it. this mm-hmm. <laughs> But we're excited because we have Kirsten here and she's going to be talking about a very near and dear to her heart and to our hearts Mm -hmm. uh, topic that we think is important for us to be talking about because it used to be very taboo. Yes, very taboo. So I am so grateful you guys are having me on to get to talk about my story today. Just as like a warning, I know that there have been times that I haven't been ready to talk about this subject. I'm going to be talking about miscarriage and pregnancy loss today. And for some, you know, just depending on where you're at, if you're experiencing that right now, or you have, or you know someone, it can be hard to listen Mm. to this story. So just want to preface it Mm. with that. If you're not ready, don't listen today. Save it for later Mm. when you need it. Because I hope to share some insight some advice some help whether you have experienced one or mm-hmm. you know someone we'll see hopefully i do <laughs> hopefully i do it justice <laughs> no you'll be great we'll you'll be great yep kick it off Kirsten. okay Go for so it. just i'm gonna share my story just from the beginning um i was so excited to be pregnant my husband and i had one semester left of school and we we're like, I guess now's the goodest time of any. Like, let's do it. <laughs> let's get pregnant. And I was a little bit nervous, but, um, you know, we got pregnant pretty quickly. We were very fortunate to have that happen. And 
um, things were good. I felt fine. I just immediately felt connected to the baby and just knew like, this is my purpose. I am supposed to be a mom. I am so excited to be a mom. It's what I had dreamed of being and what I dreamed of doing my whole life. And the timing was going to be perfect too, because I would have the baby right after I was done student teaching, just like everything aligned. (laughs) And we were really excited because Christmas was coming up. And so we decided we would tell our families at Christmas. So we went home for the holidays because we were in college (laughs) and we, you know, told our parents and then we told our siblings on Christmas and it was just like a dream come true. Like you guys remember telling your family the first Mm -hmm. time you're like so excited, right? Like so exciting. Can't wait. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, everything was good. And then we went back up to school. The break was over and we went back up to school and I, you know, in hindsight, I did have some symptoms of miscarriage before. I just didn't know that they were. Right. Yeah. I had some blurred vision. And I didn't know that was a symptom yeah. either. Yeah, it is weird. Oh, huh? And I, I thought that. it was people always talk about how your vision changes in pregnancy. So I was yeah. like, oh, I'm just having it early. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. Right. Because how would you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had some blurred vision and then I had some lower back pain, which also is oh. very normal in pregnancy. Oh, so like, normal. I have been, yeah. I was like, wow, I'm just having normal things like (laughs) life is good and so I didn't you know hindsight I know that now but at the time I had no idea well and you were excited yeah yeah like so everything was hopeful yeah yeah Yeah. and I genuinely like I only knew of a couple of people who had had miscarriages Mm -hmm. and so I was like I don't just people don't want to talk about it and that's okay you don't have to talk about it so um yeah so then it was actually bachelor night at your house. I was at Kylie's house and I went to the bathroom because we would watch The Bachelor every single Monday together mm-hmm. and literally live for that. I loved it. <laughs> I went to the bathroom and I looked down and I saw just a couple of red spots. And I was like, hmm, okay. I think I'm okay because I remember seeing on my app, like my little Ovia app. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Ovia. yeah. <laughs> my Ovia app, you know, Sometimes that happens. Sometimes people have some light spotting in early pregnancy. And like it was implantation. Like, yeah. Like yeah. it's not a big yeah. deal. And it was just two tiny spots. So I was like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But internally, I was also like freaking, freaking out. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I was like, yeah, but am I good? Mm-hmm. It was the first moment I was like, I hope everything's okay. Mm-hmm. So I went home and everything was fine. And then the next morning I woke up and I just remember seeing like blood all over our sheets and (gasps) yeah sorry (laughs) and um I was like okay I'm actually not good (laughs) and um I didn't have a doctor's appointment or anything that day so I was like I gotta call my doctor but I also have work and I didn't really know like what What to to do do. because yeah it's like am I having a miscarriage am I not like I don't know anything about any of Mm -hmm. this stuff so I went to work (laughs) and I worked in the toddler labs and I remember watching the clock like every single second just waiting for it to be nine o'clock for the office to open so I could call and like get in the doctor that day and um so I called and they said like oh sweetheart like you can come in at this time and I was like oh no she's acting weird so maybe I'm not okay yeah (laughs) it's like okay so I went in that afternoon and um I was just bawling my eyes out and they were so good to me. They 
didn't make me wait in the waiting room and pulled oh, me back and had they were so good to me they pulled me back and had me wait in this like just extra room they had and griffin was luckily able to come with me and i just remember like thinking like what do i do like what's even happening to me right now i like just walked past all these women who had these giant bellies and like oh, had man. ultrasound pictures in their yeah, hands yeah. and just like all the good stuff was happening and I just, what, is that going to be me? Am I really losing this baby? Was I even pregnant? Like, yeah, I just had no idea what was going on. So they pulled me back and they did an ultrasound and they're really good about it. Like they have the screen off and they have the sound off because mm. they don't want you to like not see anything and not hear anything. Yeah. They just want you to like not have to watch or see yeah. that. So essentially they had the doctor come in it was a midwife they had her come in and she said like i'm so sorry but your baby is not measuring where it should be and mm. you're like the state of your bleeding like you're losing this baby and i just like so... i think i was just like in shock yeah, yeah. Like, i was in absolute shock i had never heard something like this before i didn't know what i was doing I remember saying to her, I literally said, so I was pregnant. <laughs> and she was like, yes. Like, she felt so bad. You could tell, you know, she's done this a million times. Yeah. I was still like, I have no clue what I'm doing. So, yeah. yeah. So we just, I remember like, we just like sat, me and Griffin sat in the room for a little bit. And they said, just whenever you're ready, like, we'll take you out the back door. And Aww. I said, okay. Like, they were really good to me. But. Did so, they give you options where they like you could do this, this, like no. so because you were far. I was too far into it. That's a good okay, point, Rach. Yeah. So, like a lot of times when a woman will have a miscarriage, they'll give you options awesome. of like we can give you an essentially okay. a pill that will help you to pass the baby. You can have a DNC where it's like a procedure where they go and take out the uterus and the baby for you. But at that point, I was like so far into it <laughs> i just had no idea that they said go home and just take as much pain medication as you want like oh, they said yeah. it doesn't we don't don't worry about what it says on the bottle just take <laughs> yeah. what you need to and go home by the way i'm like i'm not a doctor don't do that unless <laughs> your doctor tells yeah. you to <laughs> um but yeah so that's kind of the only advice I got. She said, don't use tampons and take as much pain medication as you want. Interesting. Like, okay. So, so you just had to wear like pads. Mm -hmm. and, okay. Did you so go to school like, that okay. day? Did you yeah. Go, you did? So I, cause again, I was in shock. I had no yeah. clue. Like, yeah. I just really didn't process what was happening to me. So I remember we got in the car and I like called my mom and I said, mom, like I'm losing the baby. And she was like, okay, like, I'm so sorry, sweetie. And I was like, I think I'm just going to go to class. <laughs> and she was like, you don't have to go to class. And I was like, it was literally the second day of the semester. Like I kind of, oh. I was like, I kind of just feel like maybe I want to just because what am I going to do at yeah. home? Like, so she said, okay, go to class. <laughs> like made Griffin stop at Walgreens to buy me pads because I don't own pads. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I went to class and I just like sat and stared at the wall. My poor professor is like, this girl is going to be a ditz, <laughs> but <laughs> had no idea what I was going through. So that night I started having a lot of cramping and I just, that was another thing I had no idea about because she had told me take pain medication, but I didn't know I was like going to be like, delivering the baby. Yeah. I, I just didn't know how it worked. You know, like the process. It. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I had no idea. So 
that night I like went to bed and I remember waking up in the middle of the night being in a lot of pain. I was like, oh "Oh, my goodness, my my stomach hurts so bad. And I was like rolling and just, I had no idea what to do. And poor Griffin also no idea what to do. He was like playing with my hair, trying to calm me down. And I went into the bathroom because I needed some relief and I knew I was bleeding. And so I went in there and just like, sat on the toilet and just like waited for it to happen like waited to pass the baby and just nothing prepares you for that moment because you don't think it's gonna happen to you yeah you have no idea that's gonna happen to you I remember looking into the toilet after like some cramping and it just kind of felt my stomach felt a little bit better and I was like there's just like so much in there and just like having I just had no idea what to do so I just like went to bed and woke up the next day and just everything was just different. You know, you just kind of feel you weird. feel different. You feel so empty, but yeah, you feel off. Yeah, you just feel off. You're just like well, I your whole life plans that you just yes. had were now gone. Yes, like the second I found out I was pregnant, like I said, my whole life was revolved around that baby. I mm. knew it was my purpose. I knew I wanted to be a mom, and then it was just like over and eight hours like it was just over and you calculate you're like okay here's my due date like here's what i have to do up to it and then all of a sudden it's like gone gone it was just gone i was like okay (laughs) so i had known um of a couple of people who had lost babies and i was like seeking I was like, one of them. Yes, Rachel. I was one of them. I'm looking at her because I don't know. Sorry, I was one of them. Yeah, you yeah. guys can't see that, but I am looking at Rachel because I'm like, I don't know if she's like wants to share, but I am one of them. I had known, and so Rachel had shown, like, told me a little bit of her story and everything, but her experience was just different because she did have a DNC, mm-hmm. and so I was like, I just don't know. Like, do I call her? Do I not yeah. call her? Like, what do I do? And I remember holding my brand new baby, yeah. and you're like, I lost my baby, and I was like. <gasps> no yeah, and I felt so bad and I was like here take my baby <laughs> <laughs> which I loved I just wanted to be around like all the babies I'm like hey, please, please please and McKinley was five months yeah 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 five months. yeah yeah here take our baby <laughs> anytime I think you did talk to me though yeah okay because I remember yeah. like wanting to talk to yeah. someone I was like who do I talk to what do I do I've my mom never went through it, so I couldn't go to my mom, you right. know? <clears throat> so everyone says that you can, like, start trying right away and that you're very fertile mm-hmm. right away. But I just mentally wasn't there. I wasn't ready to start trying. And Griffin said to me, like, whenever you're ready, I'm ready too. Because mm-hmm. we felt like we needed to start our family. That hasn't changed. <clears throat> but well, that's a big I, thing to yeah. go through. Oh, yes. yeah. traumatic. Yeah, he said, I think sometimes actively working towards having a family is also actively working on your mental health and being okay with taking mm-hmm. a break and mm-hmm. letting yourself pause. Cause what you went through was big. And I said, okay, like he was amazing. Yeah. All this, like, about it. He yeah. was so good. Like I could not have been more grateful to have him as my spouse through all of yeah, this. Cause sure. he's so understanding. So it took me a couple of months to want to start trying again. And finally when we got to May, so I lost the baby in January when we got to May, I was like, okay, I think I could do this. Like, I think I could do this. And people kept saying, oh, like, it happens all the time. It's not a big deal. Like, they were kind oh. of 
saying that. And I think they were saying it to comfort me, but in reality, it was actually minimizing my feelings and like really invalidating. And Mm -hmm. again, so well-meaning. They were trying to give me hope and trying to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. But I, but don't like, don't do that. (laughs) It's not your job. It's your job to validate. Um, So well, and people, it's kind of uncomfortable because you're like, what do I say? Yeah. yeah. And that's and I the just, thing. Like, I think you do. I mean, I've never been through this, but yeah. I feel like in negative experiences, it's not our job to make them feel better. It's our job to let them know that yes. we're there. Yeah. Yes. Very well said. I agree. I think. Yeah. And again, I think people are well-meaning when they're saying that, but it mm-hmm. kind of just, yeah, it just doesn't always feel great. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Thanks I was finally that. ready and we started trying and we got pregnant and I, again, when was the time frame immediately. Again? So May. end of May. Okay. Yep. I immediately, again, just felt that baby. I was like, that baby is mine. I was so excited. I felt immediately connected and I was excited to tell my family, but not quite as eager this time. Yeah. I, Cause it was different. I was very nervous. Yeah. This time was different because I had experienced a loss. And in the back of my mind, you know, every time you go to the bathroom, you check your underwear. And every time you, you know, have the tiniest cramp or a new feeling, you're mm-hmm. Googling it. And the reality that I had lost a baby was there with this pregnancy because I had lost a baby and I was terrified of it happening again. For sure. So I just live life. I was student teaching and me and Griffin were getting excited. We always film little videos for our babies that we're going to show them in the future. And we were filming our videos and talking to them. And yeah, they're fun to look back on. And um, again, this one happened so quickly, but there was one day I was, we were house sitting for Griffin's parents and I had zero symptoms this time, like no blurry vision, no back pain that was abnormal, like nothing abnormal. And I went into the bathroom and it was like full fledged happening. (gasps) Like I didn't have any warning. There was no spotting. It was just, I was having a miscarriage. And how far along were you at this point? So with the first one, sorry, I should have mentioned that. The first one, I was eight weeks. This one, I was seven and a half. Okay. So, so fairly similar. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty similar. So I, like called Griffin downstairs because I was downstairs and I was like, Griffin, like it's happening again. It's happening again. And I was just like beside myself. And again, he just like rubbed my back and I think he was in shock as well. And I passed the baby. Like it's the weirdest feeling. Just one second you're pregnant and the very next you're very not. And nobody knew. And so I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody. And that's a little bit of my personality anyway. I like to grieve things alone and then talk about it. Like once I've grieved it, I can talk to I can go on a podcast and talk <laughs> yeah. about it. Like I will talk to We're anyone. An yes, I'm an open book, but I sometimes just need a minute to just process that on my own first. But yeah, so I was just feeling so empty alone again. And um, it was like really hard. And I think losing the second one, I said, okay, Griffin, like, I need a new doctor. I need, like, I need something to change because I can't do this again. This is really hard. Like, miscarriage is defined as a trauma in therapy. So if you go to therapy, it's very, it makes makes definite sense. (laughs) If you go to therapy, it's, they'll give you, give you trauma therapy for a miscarriage. And 
they, well, you can, if that's what right, you need, right? Your yeah, therapist yeah. will help you determine that. But if that's what you need, they can do that for you. And I was processing this trauma for the second time, but without a therapist and without much support, because I wish I would have told people now. <laughs> yeah, looking back. But well, in the that's second time in six months. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's not a... Yeah. Yeah. It's not very common. It's... Yes. Yeah. So then you're right. It's not very common. I start like Googling, like, am I, what's wrong with me? Basically you're Googling like recurrent miscarriage and why did I have two or what causes miscarriage? And this is where I started like really blaming myself. I was like, it must be something I'm doing, right? It must be, maybe I'm eating too much sugar. Maybe I'm exercising too much, or maybe I'm too much like I'm on my feet too much at work or all of these different things and I just want to say like with 100% surety like your miscarriage is not your fault your infertility not your fault fault. it is not something you are doing it's not something you're not doing it's just something that happens and it's okay for it to just be something that Mm -hmm. happens it doesn't need to be some philosophical thing like yeah. it's okay that it just happens to us we have bodies we're imperfect it's okay but I remember my doctor when I had my miscarriage he like first thing one of the first things he said it it was not your fault yeah. it is nothing that you did sometimes it just happens so glad he said and so glad he said and that. I sat there and I was like are you sure <laughs> like yes Oh, it's hard to accept it that because you want to be in control of things. Yeah. yeah. It's so. like the, it was my first experience with mom guilt. And oh. I didn't even have a living child at that point. It was just you feel so guilty for everything you did. Yeah. And so at that point, I said, okay, I really need a long time in between this baby and the next because I just definitely need to process this. And um, Griffin, again, was so patient with me, very patient and kind. And when I was finally ready to start trying, I said, let's go to a doctor and just see what he has to say. So we found my best friend, my <laughs> Dr. Brown. <laughs> he just retired and I cried when I found out he retired because he's the best guy and I owe so much to him. I owe my baby to him. <laughs> um, he I remember sitting in the, his office and him just like handing me a tissue and him getting teary with me and yeah. saying like, this isn't your fault. We're going to figure this out. I'm going to deliver your baby, which funny because he didn't guys. (laughs) He was gone. He was on vacation, but that's another another day. And now he's retired, but he was so determined and he, we were going to make it happen. So it was nice to hear that because it gave me hope. I had had a lot of people saying things that didn't give me hope. Right. Um, one of the worst things, sorry to be negative. One of the worst things someone said to me was, you have to just pretend like you're not going to ever have kids. <gasps> what? And I remember no. sitting there and I was like, that is That's the awful. saddest thing I've ever heard in my whole life because where is the hope in that? This yeah. is yeah. all I've ever wanted. At that point, I had only had one loss. And so that really oh hurt. So just God. going in and seeing Dr. Brown and having him immediately like we're gonna you're gonna have kids in one way or another where you're going to grow a family was just the best feeling ever (laughs) yeah Yeah. so he said to me you know usually they won't see a woman until she has had a specialist yes a specialist won't thank you (laughs) a specialist won't see a woman until she has lost 
three babies or if you have lost one baby but you're over the age of 35. So I'm, I mean, that's pretty standard. I don't think it's like the end all be all, but that's what I know. I'm under the age of 35. (laughs) And so I said, I do not want to wait until I've lost another baby to figure out what's going on. And Dr. Brown said the same thing. He said, I, I'm just going to put you on progesterone because a lot of women just need the extra hormone and they'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. I said, okay, let's do it. So he put me on the progesterone. And so when was this? He lost your baby in end of May. Yes. So when was when, this? Yeah. When were you meeting the doctor? This was, I saw him, I think like October. It oh, was October. Okay. So, so I waited a uh, Yeah. I waited a bit. Yes, it was October. Okay. So we got pregnant and I was taking the progesterone. In October? Yes. Um, We got pregnant and I went in. And just that heartbeat, holy cow, you guys, like, the yeah. best feeling. Like, do you remember hearing your oh, baby? Oh, yeah. Just. It just makes it so much more real. Yes, yeah. like, there's moment. actually a living little baby inside of me that's just, like, Which moving is around. Which yes, Craziest so feeling as well. A separate body. Like, it, it's just the weirdest but coolest feeling ever. And so, it was really comforting to hear that heartbeat, too, because... I, while my babies were far enough along with the first two to have heartbeats, I never heard them. I didn't yeah. go into the doctor. And so it was just a new experience. And how long, how far along were you when you heard the heartbeat for this? Mm, we went in, he had me come in pretty like six weeks. Okay. He said, I know your history. You're coming in early. Yeah. We're figuring this out. So I went in at six and that's when I heard the heartbeat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So things were perfect. Like we just carried on. I kind of felt nauseous for the first time. This is my pregnancy. I felt nauseous and I was excited. Which I know that that sign. sounds crazy. Yeah. Yes. Which is a good it's sign. It's a good sign. Being nauseous means that you have hormones that are making you stay pregnant. So yeah. that's a good thing to be. I know it's not Which fun. Sucks. Rachel. Whoa. Yeah. Rachel gets <laughs> it. so sick in her pregnancies. Oh, <laughs> it's the literal worst. <laughs> but I was grateful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I know Kit Kirsten was like, I have good news. And I was like, what? She's like, I'm nauseous. And I was like, Yay! <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> so I remember telling you guys about this pregnancy mm-hmm. and being so happy. Yes. But again, I was very nervous. I don't want to minimize while I was very excited and ecstatic and couldn't wait every single moment of every single day, my mind is thinking about the pregnancy. My mind is oh, thinking like, sure. did I walk too fast? Did I do this too quickly? Did I bump mm-hmm. my stomach? Is mm-hmm. that a normal symptom? My doctor told me not to get my heart rate over 120. And when I tell you, I did not get my heart rate <laughs> over 120. <laughs> I was so good at that. Cause I just didn't, you still have it in the back of your mind that it's your fault. Even though you know that it's not, you just still have it in the back of your mind that it is. Like, logically, you know yes. it's not your fault, but your heart is like, what if? it's your mother mm-hmm. instinct. Yes. Yeah. Like, what if I did something yeah. that hurt my baby? But logically, you're like, I you can't, know. I can't mm-hmm. physically do something Yeah, that'll hurt something that's as small as a right. poppy seed. Yes, yeah. exactly. That is totally cushioned <laughs> yes. inside my body. Yes, exactly. So we were 11 and a half weeks and I went to the bathroom and there was just some 
really, really dark brown blood and it wasn't that much. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, it's happening again. I decided to call the on-call doctor because it was a weekend. Just because even though I knew what was going on, I was still, what if, maybe, because it was a little bit different. In the past two, I had had red spotting, but this time, like I said, it was brown. It's like, that's different. I'm not sure. I'm just going to call just because I have an amazing doctor and I want to see what he says. So when I called the on-call doctor, he told me that because it was brown, my body could be trying to have a period. It's older blood. And sometimes your body, even though you're pregnant, will try to have a period. And so I said, okay. So even though I had very little hope, (laughs) I kind of held on to that, that maybe there was some hope. Maybe it really was just my body trying to have a period. Maybe everything was going to be okay. And essentially he told me that if I stopped bleeding in a day or two, that I was totally fine. And then if it, the blood changed, I should call him. I said, okay. And so I, I literally sat for an entire day or two, just that weekend, just on my bed. And it was probably the most depressive ever felt in my entire life. I just, the unknown feeling and the, oh no, I've been through this feeling and I know that it's so hard and I don't want to go through it again, but I think I'm going through it again. And almost feeling like I had so much hope with this pregnancy. And while I was nervous, I really thought it was going to work. I thought the progesterone was going to do what it needed to do. And I was going to get the chance to carry a baby full term and raise this baby in this life. And um, that night, it was the middle of the night. I started feeling really intense cramps Mm. very, very quickly. It wasn't gradual at all. It just, all of a sudden I was delivering this, I was passing the baby and Mm. So I woke up Griffin and I just sat on the toilet and just sobbed. I was just sobbing. I didn't know what to do because you're so sad that you're losing the baby. Like you're so sad that you're losing the baby, but you're also like, what is next? Mm -hmm. This is the third one. It means that truly like something is wrong with me. Something's wrong. We were trying a hormone. There was so much hope and it just didn't happen. So, um, I delivered the baby and I just remember like, I'll never ever forget holding it in my hands and just staring at that little body and thinking like all the things you think of when you get pregnant, like, is it a boy or a girl? Like I didn't know. And is it going like, what's it going to be when it grows up? What are it's hobbies gonna be you just you you don't just lose the pregnancy you lose the life that you imagine for your kid yeah and um so I was just devastated and um again Griffin was so supportive and he just held me and at that point I you know was I couldn't call my doctor it was too late so I called them on Monday and I told them that I had lost the baby and they said we'd still love to have you come in and Dr. Brown can get you set up with a specialist. And I said, okay, perfect. So, um, literally that Monday I 
was going to go in, but Griffin texted me while I was at work and he goes, Hey, Kirsten, you want to get a puppy? <laughs> and I texted back. So I texted back right away and I said, yes. <laughs> and we got puppy. <laughs> and I know that this sounds so dramatic and I'm crying over my dog, but Lola, like she just saved me. She gave me something to like look forward to and to just distract me but also just to sit with me and be with me while I was working through these hard feelings because pretty soon after 2020 hit COVID hit <laughs> and I was kind of forced to do that I was forced to slow down and forced to face the feelings and the hard things that I had gone through and 2020 was probably one of the best things that happened for me mentally and emotionally because it gave me the chance to process like wow I really did go through something hard and that's okay and that's when I finally felt like I was ready to share my story with people and gain a community of others who had lost babies so that they could help me and I could help them it was genuinely one of the best things that I did for myself and that happened to me was COVID <laughs> quarantine so so question because this baby was bigger mm -hmm. and you held this baby yes did you do anything to memorialize this baby yes we did so because we could see this baby and hold it we did bury this baby um we have a giant planter pot in the back um, that we had the baby, I could just have like a box, mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, they don't have little caskets for mm -hmm. this. Um, and I did bury the baby and that was really healing for me to have a place to go to when I felt like I needed to mourn, when mm -hmm. I needed a place to just go and just sit with my feelings, mm -hmm. let yeah. myself process. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. I, you know, with the first two, you don't know what to do. I remember yeah, Googling yeah. it. I Googled, like, what do I do <laughs> with the baby? What do I do with the tissue? What do I yeah. do? And so I was really glad that with this one, I was more mentally prepared and I knew what to do. Right. So yeah. that I could have that. So I decided again to wait just a little bit before going to the specialist so i remember you me, waited a while yeah, i yeah. needed i just needed a minute to not be rushed into people telling me what was wrong with me uh, <laughs> yeah no yeah and so and i remember being like kirsten go to the specialist let's get yes, this ball like, rolling let's but, figure it out but at yes. the same time it's like it's not my experience i <laughs> yes. can't tell you what to do no but... i totally know what you mean but at the same time i think i think griffin felt the same way <laughs> yeah. he's like let's do this but he, he never pushed me you guys were right. always so good nobody ever pushed me but i get the eagerness You're and like, we were like you excited. have answers like, on the yeah. other side of this yes like you'll have answers so just go <laughs> so yeah. then how did you know you were ready yeah so that's a good question i think i just like i said 2020 gave me the chance to slow down everyone was at home i was working but from home and it gave me a chance to just not be around people and to really process my feelings. I just remember one day waking up and being so just yearning to have a kid. I really wanted to have 
a baby. I really wanted to be a mom and to have that experience. And I said, one way or another, it's going to happen, whether I see a specialist and they can solve that for me or whether I adopt or whether I do IVF, like in, in one way or another, I'm having a a family. And because I don't think that there's one way to grow a family and I don't think there's one right way to grow a family. Um, so I just, I remember being like, okay, I think I'm just going to call because there's no harm. It doesn't mean I have to start trying. Yeah. doesn't mean I have to like get pregnant right away. I just, let's just see what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And I also had been told that they had really long waiting list. (laughs) So I might as well get on Mm -hmm. it now. (laughs) So I called and they got me in, I think it was in late June or early July. So when was this, this miscarriage? This was in January. Oh, okay. So, yes. So the first one was in January. The second one was in late May. And the third one, January, the next year. So I was pregnant with three different babies within that one year, which is wild. So I got in with the specialist and they basically just lay out for you all of the things that it could be, which I'll just briefly Mm -hmm. mention. It could be you and your spouse are related <laughs> it was like they asked us like four times like so you're not related we're like, nope we are not and we checked before we got married so we it could be that it could be just a random majority of miscarriages are a just chromosomal abnormality and so that's why most people just have one because however the baby was developing in the womb it just got a little skiwampus and just messed up. And so it doesn't survive. So it could, there could be a chance that that just happened three times in a row. The chances of that are very low. Um, it could be that I had a blood clotting disorder. It could be that I had an autoimmune disease. It could be that something was wrong with my uterus, all of these different things. And they tell you all these things. And then they say, what tests would you feel comfortable doing? And most of it is just blood work. So I said, let's just do it all. Like I just, let's just rule out everything. So we did a ton of blood work and then. And Griff did blood work too, didn't he? He ended up not because we knew that we weren't related. They did give us the option. They said it could be a genetic disorder that comes from your husband's side of the family. But if there's no history of miscarriage, then the chances are really low. We said, oh, we won't if heaven forbid we do lose another baby, we'll have Griffin go in. Okay. Yeah. So we ended up, I did get a, an ultrasound. A lot of women will do the ultrasound where they actually shoot saline into your uterine wall. I was lucky. I did not have to do that, but just for your knowledge, that is something that often women have to do. And I remember going into that ultrasound appointment and my blood pressure was the highest it's ever been in my entire life because I wanted something wrong with me. It was the last resort test. It was my last resort. I thought if something's just wrong with my uterus, a lot of the times they can do a surgery and just fix it. And then I can have babies. Like I wanted there to be, which is so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> like saying that out loud, I'm like, that kind of sounds wild, mm-hmm. but it's true. Yeah. It's They're, so true though. Yes. You just want you a want solution. Something. Yes. I wanted some direction. So an answer. Yes. I wanted an answer. So I remember the doctor 
giving me the ultrasound. They don't have a tech do it. They have an actual doctor, a specialist come in and do it. And he said to me, I'm so sorry, but your uterus is normal. (gasps) And the way that he said that, I was like, what a good guy. Honestly, like he knew my feelings. He knew I'd never met him, but he knew like, oh, this poor girl just wants something wrong with her so that she can get fixed, you know, and Was, and it's like happy because you're like, oh, know, good, like, I'm normal. But... I should be so grateful, right? Shoot. And, and oh, yeah. I am so grateful. I'm really grateful that my uterus is normal. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, hmm, it would have been nice if it weren't. So I just left that appointment just crying, of course, again and thinking, okay, so then now what? And a couple of days later, the head specialist who was working with me, she called me and said, Basically, what I want you to do is I want you to go back with Dr. Brown. And if you feel like if and when you feel ready to get pregnant again, let's put you on baby aspirin, a low dose aspirin once a day. You can do progesterone if you would like to. However, we know that that's not effective for you, but you can do it for comfort if you would like. But let's try the low dose aspirin and just see if that works. And they said that it's pretty unexplained, but oftentimes it just works for some women. And I mm-hmm. said, okay, <laughs> okay. And I was really lucky because I knew two women who had been on lotus aspirin and had successful pregnancies. And so I thought, uh, here's my chance. I got to talk to them. I got to yeah. hear their stories mm-hmm. and shout out to them for letting me ask them questions and them telling me their stories and just being that support for me. That was so amazing. That's another thing that's great about sharing your story is being able to have a community and help yeah yeah so I was grateful for that but um it was a couple of weeks after I had seen the specialist that Griffin and I decided let's try and we can do the baby aspirin when we get pregnant and just see what happens but I was kind of sick of feeling like an experiment at this point I was sick of feeling like so excited and then just let down but we started trying and we got pregnant in December so just a few months later and I took the baby aspirin and it was successful (laughs) I have my little baby boy and he's 10 months old now and it's just like the coolest thing that something so simple, like an over-the-counter pill that mm. is so cheap, it's like 10 bucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just solved all of my problems. And I don't know like what it is that the, the way that it's been explained to me is that I probably do have a genetic blood clotting disorder <laughs> that is hard to detect. And that's probably what it is. So I'll just take it for each of my pregnancies. Again, 81 milligrams once a day Mm -hmm. and it should work. And I'm just so grateful. Like I was really, really blessed to have so many amazing doctors and specialists and family and friends who supported me and helped me and got me through it because it was worth it. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) It was really scary. I have never been more scared in my life. Every single week I was able to shave a worry off because I had made it another week, but then a new one came. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was a big battle for me mentally and emotionally, but we made it and he's here and 
I'm holding him right now. He <laughs> fell asleep in my arms. So it's just such an amazing, incredible feeling. Mm. And I love being a mom. It's everything I dreamed of. So she's the best mom. Oh, seriously. So nice. I remember when you told us. Yeah, oh my that God. you were pregnant because we were, were so both good. pregnant too. <laughs> we yes. were, yeah, we were all pregnant at the same time. I remember, I marked for a couple you guys. Weeks. Yeah, I think I had like just a few yeah, weeks left of my yeah. pregnancy. It wasn't yeah. very long, but it was like so I had to tell you before. Yes, it was January. I gotta tell her before mm-hmm. she delivers Aiden because <laughs> it's so fun to all be pregnant with your best friend. So, I. Oh my goodness, telling you guys you were crying and just so happy for me. It felt amazing. And and now you cry with me in motherhood. So. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it's <everybody>. good. <laughs> okay, so there are some questions that I know or that we know that you've been asked before. Yeah. So here's one. I mean, you kind of touched on this, but like, how do you keep from getting mad at insensitive people who make yeah. those comments i mean no we talked about those yeah. comments but how do you then keep your cool yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's really hard um just because i know that it's coming from a good place for them but that doesn't take away the fact that it hurts me right right so i just have to remind myself they are coming from a place of love i would say 99.9 percent of the time they're being kind they are trying to think of something supportive because you don't know what to say. If you haven't been through it, or even if you have, your someone else's experience is not always your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to know what to say and what to do. So I think the number one thing is just reminding myself they're coming from a good place. And then I try to use it as a chance to educate them. So maybe That's say, okay. That's like, good. especially while I was pregnant and I would get maybe some not so thoughtful comments, <laughs> I would say... You know, for here's just a random example. People would say, have you tried this product? And I'd say, you know what? I love that that's worked for you. I am working with a team of specialists right now. I'm going to continue to work with them. I love that. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for your advice. I'm so happy that we're for you. And I'd probably try to just turn it back on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, tell me more about you, you right. know, so that I could avoid it. <laughs> but it usually got them to kind of just stop bringing it up. So, yeah. yeah. So another question is, how did you handle constant posts about people getting pregnant? And then an added question onto that is because Kylie and I got pregnant once, twice, four times out of the both of us. (laughs) Four times. Four times. (laughs) Twice since the miscarriage. Yes. I think. Twice. Yeah, because you are, well, you already had Bryn. Yeah. Okay, that's true. So So Aiden and Mm -hmm. Declan. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. how did that affect you? You know, it was pretty hard. I think you can have two feelings at the same time because I had two feelings at the mm. same time. You can be very excited and thrilled and ecstatic for your friend while also it's okay to feel sad for yourself. Right. Yeah. And I tried not to live in that sadness because that's not a fun place to be. <laughs> but I would just avoid conversations I wasn't ready for. I would try to mute people. I didn't have to unfollow people. I'd just mute them until I felt like I was stronger. And mm-hmm. it ebbed and flowed. Mm-hmm. There were some days that I did feel stronger than others. And I would have to mute someone. And then like two days later, I'd say, well, I actually want to know about their pregnancy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I'd unmute them. And it was good. You guys were always so good about you know, telling me privately that you were pregnant. And so I could have a chance to process it 
on my own before mm-hmm. I had to be like with a bunch of people and maybe cry. And I was always very, very excited. I don't want people to think that I wasn't excited yeah. for them because yeah. I was because a baby coming into the world is an amazing thing and always great, but yeah. it was still sometimes just another reminder that I wasn't bringing a baby right. into my mm-hmm. family. So it was hard. I think I remember texting you Kylie when I figured out I was pregnant with Declan. I was like, because I knew that you were going through mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. You had gone through the specials. And I was like, yeah. Kylie, how do I tell Kirsten? <laughs> yeah. No, I remember and, the same thing with Aiden because I, yeah. so, I was scared because I yeah. didn't want to be bringing up those feelings. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. I ended up Marco Poloing Kirsten. You did, yeah. Because I wanted you to be able to have time to have your own reaction. Yes. Yeah. Which That's thank why you. I Not didn't a, call or anything because yes. I was so scared because yeah. it is such a sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing you guys both did like so, so well. And for those who are listening, if you are are pregnant and your friend is going through this do the same for them yeah (laughs) just give them a second to process it on their own before you do it in front of everyone and you know they may be really happy they may just need a minute it doesn't mean that they're ungrateful that you told them they just it's okay for them to need a minute yeah Yeah. it just hurts a little bit Mm -hmm. sometimes yes yes because i remember Rachel, when you had your oh, miscarriage, man. I was pregnant. I remember you crying in the, do you remember at the church kitchen? I don't. Oh, my oh. Kylie, I remember this. <laughs> she had just, can I share this yeah, story? Yeah, okay. no, go for it. I remember, Kylie, we were in, it was Sunday, yeah. and you had just lost your baby, Rach, uh-huh. and Kylie, you were like, I just feel so bad. And you started tearing up. You're oh. kind of like, It's not your <laughs> fault that you're pregnant. Like, it's not your fault. Like, it's okay that you're pregnant. You're mm-hmm. a good friend and stuff. And I mean, yeah. obviously, I remember those feelings yeah. for yeah. sure because it's hard. I remember it's hard. that because yeah. you don't know how to go about it because you're not going through that, right? You know? Yeah, because yeah. like for me, as you guys may have noticed, I have not had a miscarriage, yeah. so it's hard to have these conversations because I don't, I don't know right. what it's yeah. like and right. I don't know how to approach it. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah, and even though like I love, love, love Kylie, I was a little bit mad, yeah. not at Kylie right at right. The, situation, yeah, the situation yeah I was like what is she doing that I didn't do right like yeah. why is her body working better than mine right mm-hmm. and so it's normal it, to feel angry is. at your body it it's is so normal to feel like yeah. moments of well what am I doing wrong here yeah because I'm not doing anything wrong right so why isn't it working? Right. Right. Like I said, not mad at Kylie in the slightest because <laughs> she had been pregnant for how long? It was a couple months. A couple months. Yeah. And so there's not like she was newly pregnant and like you had been pregnant for a while. Yeah. But it was like, what did she do that yeah. I didn't do? Right. Yeah. It wasn't the case at all. Right. No, <laughs> yeah. not the case like, at all. Not it, like, you did. No, no, no. But it's no, so no. valid to feel that. So yeah, valid I was, and normal. I was actually kind of mad for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you even told me. Yeah. I did. Good. Yep. You expressed. You did. I Get did. Get those feelings out. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... That's a good friend. And I didn't yeah. want to I didn't want to make you feel bad. No. No, definitely. I, and no. I hope that you didn't feel bad. But I was just like No. I mean, I did but not because you expressed it and the situation with Kirsten I definitely that was before you had even expressed it because you expressed it once you weren't quite feeling 
the feelings as intensely. Right. If that makes yeah. sense. Should we end with one last question? Perfect. Okay. So one is how can you best support someone who is having or just gone through a miscarriage um, or some advice that you would give someone um, with infertility while their friends are getting pregnant? Good question. Especially just we can make a positive to end Mm -hmm. on, right? (laughs) I think one of the greatest things that happened for me was people allowed me to feel what I was feeling. I never felt like I couldn't just take my time to process. I always felt like people were pretty patient with me. Um, My friends in my close circle, you guys, Griffin, my family, just letting me feel what I needed to feel. And I think that's one of the most important things that you can do for somebody who's going through this is just let them feel what they need to feel. If they Mm -hmm. feel angry, let them be angry. If they feel sad, let them be sad. If they feel, you know, maybe no feelings about it. Maybe they're in shock. Maybe they don't really know what to feel. Just let them sit in that, let them have that. And don't necessarily try to fix the problem for them because like you said earlier, like you can't, you can't Mm -hmm. fix that for someone. Just let them have their experience and let them always know that you're there for them when they are ready to talk. I No, I've mentioned this, but I definitely need time. I don't want to be bombarded. I don't want to be, you know, asked a million questions, but I want people (laughs) to also be doing those things so that I know that I have them when I'm ready. (laughs) So I know, I know that's so confusing, (laughs) but um, I'm always so grateful, especially for how you guys handled it. I remember Kylie, Rachel, you were away, but Kylie made us dinner like on behalf of you guys and brought us a plant and just we're so so, oh yeah we did buy the orchid i remember (laughs) (laughs) um and you did it in such a loving and non-invasive way just to let me know like me and griffin know that you guys were there for us but also just let me come to you when i was ready to talk about Mm -hmm. it and everybody's different. Everybody processes things different. Everybody's love language is different. And so just knowing your person and doing what they need. is my best advice. (laughs) That's really good advice. Like you said, everyone's different. Everyone has their own Mm -hmm. unique experience and you just have to know that person. I think that also builds on it. Like if you're not very close to the person, Mm -hmm. it's not probably not your spot then to be right you can send your love mm-hmm. but like don't try to all of a sudden insert yourself in their life exactly because of this yeah. because yes. you you then don't know what they need right so. I rem I remember oh I think it was when I found out that I lost the baby because mm-hmm. it was a week when I found out that I lost the baby and then when I had my DNC yes Kirst you left an, a card on my on my door or we had like clips outside our door and you left a card in my clip and it was just so sweet and I just it was so nice and I loved it and I actually still have it no that's so sweet so (laughs) I have a friend who her dad passed away tragically and she has an Instagram account and it's called grief shine and she talks about all the different ways to process grief and how to like what you can do to find positive things. And it's okay to be sad. And one thing that she always says is just do something. 
you know, people don't, you don't know what to do when somebody's going through something, but mm -hmm. it's better to have done something than to have ignored them. So if you're close to that person and you talk to them, you don't yeah. know what to say, just send them a text and say, I'm thinking of you. And that will mean the world to them. Yeah. They may not respond, but they're going to remember that you are one of the people who was in their corner when they needed yeah. love mm -hmm. and support. So Definitely. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kirsten, for sharing your story with yes. us and answering mm -hmm. questions. Cause as we mentioned in the beginning, this has become, or has been a very taboo yes. topic. Yeah. And so like, as you explained, like you just didn't know in so many moments no. of mm -hmm. your journey, what to do or what was going on. And so I think it's very beneficial to be talking about these mm -hmm. yes topics and really getting them out there so other people know who they can turn to or yes. even have a base of information for it because i know i i've known you for so long <laughs> yeah. I, I was there during these yes. experiences yeah. and i learned so much yes. yeah through it yes. yeah so thank you so much thank you guys yeah. for having me i am so happy to share my story so yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Everyone have a fantastic day. Yep. We'll see you next week.